Hashtag Utah Jazz. Bogdanovich down the middle of the lane, right hand hammer. Clarkson fires the three, hits. Oh my, the net did not Never even moved. move. I wasn't like, sure if it went in. I agree with you. I said it went in only because that was the reaction. Trent Forrest, pick and roll with favors. Double pick all the way to the rack. He packed it. Oh, Trent Forrest, hello, how are you? I wanted to see his confidence level. I guess we're, we're, we're seeing it right wow, now. Wow, that's a one-foot jump right there. That's big time. The Utah Jazz back at it tonight with the San Antonio Spurs. PK, that was a pretty easy win Monday, but the Spurs are going back-to-back. You anticipating a better effort out of the Spurs, or the Jazz are settling into a groove without Donovan Mitchell, without Mike Conley. They've adjusted to their new roles, whether it's Forrest playing or uh, Yang moving into the starting lineup or Joe. And so they're going to roll again tonight. Oh, Forrest is showing some gumption right there. Get it, Forrest Gump. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's good. Little <laughs> well, I think play. there's something to be said. What you say there is that the more you go without, the more comfortable you get. Uh, you know, not so much Joe and and the and Bogey and those guys, but some of these other dudes that barely have gotten off the bench this season. Now, somebody like Forrest being the prime example, he's got to have a fair amount of confidence, and because uh, Quinn Snyder has called on him. In other circumstances, I think he's produced uh, pretty well. You know, you're not expecting a lot, obviously. So there's something to be said for that. So I think there's both going on. I would expect the Spurs, since they're now rested and all that stuff, to give a much better effort, and they're professionals too, and they know they got worked really bad, and they don't want to do it again, even though they're not going anywhere. And and Coach Pop is getting ready for the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Popovich reunion tour when the season's over with that hair of his. But I still think that they're going to be a much better, uh, gave a much better performance tonight. But at the same time, sure, yeah, I'm expecting the Jazz to continue. There's a lot at stake right now. Why not uh, solidify what you need to do to get no worse than second so then as you get to next week, there's really not as much pressure. You see what I'm saying there? Absolutely. They need four wins. They need to go four and three in their last seven games, and you don't have to get it tonight, but why not? Yeah. <laughs> Get it tonight. Uh, you ought to be favored. You ought to be able to win here at home tonight. The Denver game, that might be difficult. Uh, but the Houston game on Saturday shouldn't be. So worst case scenario, you should have to go 2-2 two and two in your last four games. And if you put together a little three-game, well, it would be a longer win streak than that because you've already won a couple. But if you win the next three, uh, then you're really setting yourself up. Yeah. The only thing to focus on at that point is you or Phoenix for the one seed. Which, we should point out, is the one seed for the entire tournament, not just for the Western Conference playoffs. And I think what you say about solidifying the two-seed, that's also the second-best record in the NBA. So really, the only way you wouldn't have home court is if you saw the Suns in a conference final. And the way the West lines up, there's no guarantee that either, let alone both teams, will end up in conference finals. So I don't think the two-seed's that bad a spot to be. Oh, neither do I. Tip-off tonight, 7 o'clock. Coverage starts at 6 o'clock with Jazz Game Night, the pregame show, right here on the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. 
DeAndre Ayton on the right baseline. Swings it out to Cam Johnson, penetrating. And oh, first my. Cam time for Cam Johnson in traffic. Oh, my goodness. Middleton, by the way, has hit his last four shots. Giannis driving, scores with a foul. Blew it right by Jeff Green, who bumped him. Around the zone pick, drives. Behind the back, fall away, 15 foot, a right side, nothing but that for Lonzo Ball. Jacks it back to George, tees up the right wing, three for the lead. Oh yeah, Oh George from downtown, and the Clippers have a 102-99 lead. Highlights from around the NBA with the emphasis going on the Suns in overtime, prevailing in Cleveland, 134-118. And the Clippers beating the Raptors 105-100. That was a real grind. That game was going back and forth in the fourth quarter. But the Clippers pull it out. They get the victory. So the Jazz and Suns tied for the top spot. Suns have the tiebreaker. Clippers are three and a half games behind the Jazz. And the Denver Nuggets are four back. They had the night off. PK, a little surprising to see the Suns in overtime with Cleveland. And what does that mean for tonight as they go back-to-back in Atlanta? Yeah, they did outscore them 20 to 4 in overtime. I was uh, following that game, and then you see the score in overtime. So, beat them by 16. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's what happened. Uh, Cleveland only got four points. But sure, yeah, they did go overtime. Is it the same sim- scenario that we have with the Spurs on Sunday going overtime and then having to fly to Salt Lake? And in this case, they've got to fly to Atlanta. So maybe there's something there. Obviously, they're more talented, though. Uh, but thing is, man, Chris Paul is playing huge minutes every game his age. And is that going to be a problem somewhere in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, the rest of the guys are a bunch of kids. Uh, Kaminsky's got some age on him. Sarich. But Camp Johnson and these guys, I mean, these the, most of these kids, too, are coming out after one year. So... Uh, you know, they may have some NBA years on them, but chronologically, I mean, Devin Booker's like 25 years old. <laughs> it seemed like he's been in the league eight years. Yeah, I think he's, did he just turn 25 or is he 24? Because I thought I saw him earlier this year, he's 24. But oh. either way, he's still way young. I was listening to their game oh. and they said he was 25. Man, I trust so. him then, he probably had a birthday. So, the Suns, we'll see if they can pull it off tonight. In Atlanta, the Hawks are playing really well, 22-10 and 10 since their coaching change. Uh, They've been a much better team under Nate McMillan and really picked up steam, so we'll see if they beat the Suns tonight. And that game starts an hour before the Jazz game, so it'll be halftime there by the time the Jazz tip off, and I'm sure on the broadcast, uh, both radio and TV will be updating you on how that's going and how things stand. A couple other uh, notes from the NBA. The Sacramento Kings beat the Thunder. Two teams going nowhere, but notable because DeLon Wright, the former Ute, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Eight assists, four steals, and four blocks. DeLon, look out. For a guy who, as you noted uh, a week ago or so when the Jazz were playing, he's he stayed in the league, but he's bounced around quite a bit. But that was, that was a heck of a stat line out of him. Granted, against a lousy team, but nonetheless. LaMelo Ball is back. 23 points for Charlotte. He's rolling, and the Hornets are winning. They beat Detroit 102-99, so... Uh, one other contender in the West, the Mavericks, took down the Miami Heat. Tim Hardaway Jr. going off for 36 points as the Mavericks win 127 to 113. You read anything into a Bucks and Nets game for the uh, playoffs? This close to the playoffs or still regular season? You don't care. I can't say that I don't care. 
but I wouldn't read a whole lot into it. Steve Nash was talking about the lack of continuity, yeah. and clearly that's one of the issues. You know, I think the Nets, if they get beat this season in the postseason, so be it. But they still have next year, and if they win the title next year, it's not as just as good as winning it this year, but it's still pretty doggone good because they've had a whole bunch of issues going back and forth. So I can see that they might have some continuity issues this year, but so what? If they're healthy and ready to go next year. Nets got 38 from Kyrie Irving and 32 from Kevin Durant, and obviously James Harden is still out. But they came up short. They lost to the Bucks, 124-118. Giannis Antetokounmpo going for 36 points and 12 boards. LeBron James, we talked about this a little yesterday. LeBron is out uh, he's out for the rest of the week here. He's going to miss the Thursday game with the Clippers. He's going to miss the Friday game in Portland. The right angle still bothering him, and they aren't saying anything. It's no guarantee he'll be back after missing those games. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. They're not saying, can LeBron just turn it on in the playoffs? Can the Lakers just readjust to him reentering the lineup in the playoffs? Because we are really getting down to it here, and he's not playing. I think that you adjust to LeBron, LeBron. He doesn't adjust to you. And so, yes, I think he can. But I don't know about his health. But I think right. if he's healthy, he, they, he and them are dangerous. They've got seven games left. He's going to miss two of them. And they play the Suns on Sunday. So we'll see if he's be back for that game. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. He's going to New York, and uh, he is a kid that's uh, probably going to struggle, and you know what's going to happen. They're going to start screaming. And uh, how well does he handle adversity? How well can he put up with the media and all the distractions? And why aren't you this and why aren't you that? And he can't go on. He can't get in front of the reporters that are going, offensive line's not very good. I really feel for this kid. He's going to get beat up, and we're going to find out how tough he is. you got to be tough as all get out on the inside to make it in this league. And uh, New York are toughing you up. That's Terry Bradshaw, the former Steeler quarterback, the longtime TV analyst, talking about Zach Wilson going to New York and the implication there, there's not going to be a good team around him. He's going to have to take the heat, even if the guys around him struggle. And clearly, Terry Bradshaw expects young quarterbacks to struggle as well. So, toughness, PK. What do you got? Sure. This stuff about the media, it's so overblown. What player washed out of the league because of the media? I just don't buy it. And the New York media, there is no such thing as the New York media compared to the media. It's the media. Everybody is national now. You can get on Zoom calls and all this stuff no matter where you are. So how would it be any different if he went wherever? I, I just don't buy it that much. It's there to an extent, but I don't think it's going to make or break somebody. Tell me about the talent around them. I'm really interested in that. They can make your life a lot easier. They can make your life a lot harder. Yeah, they went 2-14 and 14 last year. How about the kid they drafted out of SC in the first round, the offensive lineman? Are they going to boo him if he gets beat? I mean, it's a, it's, football's a team game here. Sure, he's number two. But did Sam Darnold wash out of New York because of the media? Not that he did wash out. I mean, they decided to go in a different direction. 
but the media was the reason that they had to trade him and get Zach Wilson? I don't think so. Yeah, and I think to your point, it's not uh, it's not 2000 anymore. So many of the sources, the the web-based sources are national, all the web websites and all that. And you're not, it's not like they're waiting for you outside the locker room in a crush anymore. I don't know when that's going to happen again. Denver, yeah. yeah. Denver Broncos right tackle Jawan James suffered a season-ending Achilles tendon tear in a workout away from the team's facility. And it could allow the club to classify it as a non-football injury. The Broncos would then not be obligated to pay his 9.85 million dollar guaranteed base salary for this coming season. If he's in a workout in a gym that isn't the Broncos gym and he tears the Achilles, I guess by the letter of the law you could do it. But what message would that send to every player in the league about the Bronco organization? Maybe it's worth the 10 million. It seems like if he was off, you know. I don't know what, skiing or skydiving or doing something crazy or wild or reckless. That'd be one thing. But if the guy is lifting weights and running sprints, it seems like that's uh, maybe you can do it by the letter of the law. They can get away with it, but that seems pretty rough. Uh, Tell me when they get Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Steelers offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva signed a two-year $14 million deal, and he's going to jump inside the division to Baltimore to replace Orlando Brown Jr., was traded to Kansas City. Villanueva, a former Army Ranger. Two years, $14 million in Baltimore inside the division. And a division that's got a lot of good rivalry games and has it's one of the better divisions in football. I don't know if it'll be the best. We'll have to see if that plays out, but... If Cleveland and Cincinnati aren't terrible, if they're at least okay, that division gets a lot better. Why would Cleveland be terrible? I wouldn't think they would. I don't think last year was a one a one season wonder. It seems like they've turned a corner and they'll be good. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. throws. Swing and another one deep in the air into right center field. Trout all the way back to the wall and Meadows has done it again. He has two homers in his many at-bats against Rowan. This one's a three-run shot to blow the game open. A one pitch. Fastball swung on and hit well to center field. Retreating Robles at the wall. It's gone! The grandest of all home runs for Waskar Inoa to dead center field. He can't keep the smile off his face as he turns third to trot home. A grand slam and a 6-0 lead for the Braves. 3-2 pitch. Well hit the right field. And it is gone! Touch him all time. Charlie Blackman. A walk-off winner. Highlights for Major League Baseball started with Yankee fans serenading, sort of. No. The Astros. Wrong. That was Yan- That was New York media. <laughs> New York media. <laughs> the New York Post is really loud. Yankees beat the Astros. I'm you, that media is so harsh. Leave the Daily News out of this. The Yankees beat the Astros 7-3. The story, the... The quote-unquote sellout crowd, they had the max 10,000 that's allowed in Yankee Stadium right now. But everybody who was there said it sounded like they had 50,000 roaring. The Yankee fans still bitter about losing the ALCS to the Astros. 
So they let the Astros have it. And some of the guys like Altuve were part of that, but then there's some guys who were playing with other teams, and they got to hear it anyway, even though they weren't there a couple years ago, but whatever. Yankee fans went after them, and the Yankees won the game 7-3. to Read this sign. You cheated. <laughs> That's one of the ones I saw. <laughs> they had a bunch of signs there. Other highlights here. Dude, if, if we're going to get the DH, are you convinced we're getting the DH? you think that was just a one-season deal? Is it a sign of things to come? Do we just have the last grand slam by a pitcher? How's this going to work out? Braves, we heard in the highlights there. The Braves beat the Nationals 6-1. I think they're going to go in that direction. I'm yeah. not for it, but I've accepted it, so yeah. go ahead and do it. I think it's ridiculous in the World Series to have different rules depending on the park. It's one of the dumber things I've ever heard of. But uh, So get on with it already. They're not going to take it away from the Americans, so just put it in the National and, and be done with it already. The big dogs in the National League West all getting beat. The Rockies beat the Giants 8-6. Charlie Blackman with a three-run homer. The Cubs knocked Clayton Kershaw out. His shortest start, 39 pitches, one inning. Four runs on four hits. He walked a couple. Cubs sweep a doubleheader, 7-1 and 4-3. And the Padres in another pitcher's duel. This time they lose, though. They get beat by the Pirates 2-1. So, the big three in the West all the going Giants down to split defeat. A double. Giants split. split a doubleheader. They they had they scored ten runs in the first inning of the first game. Mets ace Jacob Degrom scratched from his start after having issues getting loose in warmups. MRI showed inflammation in his right. Latissimus Dorsey. What is that? I think it's dorsi. 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 It's a back muscle. Oh, back muscle. Well, there you go then. Pitching injuries, just the, the story everywhere. The Padres starter was on a pitch count. He was out after two innings. He's had issues. So we're seeing that all over baseball. Kristen Yelich is back, though. And then he's gone, returning to the injured list after being activated for one game. He's got a back injury. So had an MRI. They couldn't figure out what's wrong. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock. Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio studio analyst, former college coach, will join us to talk jazz at 830. You'll hear him on the jazz pregame halftime and postgame tonight. And Michael Lev covers the Arizona Wildcats for the Arizona Daily Star. They're going to play the Utes and the Cougars this year. Get a spring football uh, tour update on the Wildcats. Are they two automatic W's for the local teams? We'll talk with Michael Lev coming up at 9 o'clock. Question of the day next right here. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotting and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Hot takes are toast brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. 
Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury hasn't. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac and Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. Well, PK, we got multiple questions up, all drawing a lot of attention at DJ and PK. You can also hit us up on Twitter at David DJ James. Does Rudy Gobert really get the necessary credit for how great he is? We talked about this a little no. bit with Matt Harpering. Um, yeah, we did. And the answer is no. It's overwhelmingly no. It's just it's not just no. It's resoundingly no. No. It's like Yankee no. fan no. No. Yeah, because when you look at uh, anybody's MVP projection, is he even let alone being a candidate, is he even remotely in the discussion? Most folks say no, and I get it. Points are where it's at. And, yep. And if Jokic were to get it, that's fine. I mean, he's really good. And the, the we can analytic it, analytical it to death, if I can say it right. But we still, at, at the end of the day, yeah. look at points, rebounds, assists, those types of things. You know, Offensive stats. Assists, yeah. We don't. There's, we don't, they don't have a box score for that. And so until they put, put all this stuff, you know, they added the plus minus, but you only use that if it's some, you're trying to make a point. And, and if you're not, then we just sort of overlook that, the plus minus thing. You know, Conley was a big deal to get him on the all-star team. And so, because his stats aren't overwhelming. So let's put him on there for that. Okay, okay fine, go ahead. But Gobert, you know, just that one, and we go just as recently as the last game when he hustled back and the Spurs had like three times to drive into the lane and take shots, and all three times they said no, and Rudy shook his head no. Like, you, we know you're not going to do it. You're chicken because I'm here. The guy is phenomenal, and I don't think he gets his due because nobody outside of the Jazz fan and the literal Jazz media is watching him every night. And to appreciate the greatness, he must be seen on a game-by-game basis. He does get a lot of individual recognition with the two defensive players of the year and all NBA three times. But I think when it comes to the most important thing, which is winning in the playoffs, the Jazz aren't getting picked. I think they aren't getting picked because one of their two stars is... Defensive oriented and doesn't have the stats you talk about. If he had the scoring numbers and was uh, offensive force with the ball that Jokic is, it'd be a different story, I think. I can buy that to a large degree. Yeah. But the offensive scoring numbers, I think even there, he's underrated in that way. Because it's not like he's stiff offensively. I mean, he can't uh, do a lot of the things. He's shooting zero three pointers, mm-hmm. and and you know has a tendency to look a little awkward if he has to put the ball on the floor. Uh, so there's there's that type of stuff. I think we all understand that, but it's he's gotten way 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 better. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, but but interestingly, one of the great greatest that is considered one of the greatest bill russell averaged 15.1 points a game never once averaged 20 you got uh i'm looking at it obviously 61 62 uh, got a high of 18.9 uh 
and he had a couple of 18s, but mostly it was 15 and 16. Now, he put up enormous rebound numbers. One year he averaged (laughs) 24.7 boards, and I can remember there was a – we had a guy who was just an interesting odd duck, worked in a Tribune sports station or uh, newsroom, and – he he went to BYU. He had really long hair. I don't know what he was doing at BYU, but uh, and he had a thick, thick uh, Boston accent. So <laughs> he was bringing this stuff up, and this would have been in the '90s. And I said, "Well, the reason why they had all those tremendous rebounding numbers is because they couldn't shoot <laughs> as well. There were a lot of missed shots. Yeah. So there were a lot of rebounds I mean, to be grabbed. I think Bob Cousy never shot." Over 40%. I'd right. have to double-check that. No, but so you're in the ballpark. In those days, you couldn't just call something up, right, in uh-huh. the 90s, way back in the dark ages. But we had these basketball reference books that the NBA would send out. You've seen them. I have. And they're real thick. And they're they include huge. every stat. And <laughs> so I noticed him over there going through these books, and he was trying to refute me. And he got real quiet. Because he found out it was true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wait, he's right? (sighs) So they never, uh, he could never refute me because they couldn't shoot to the level that they could shoot today. So there was way more rebounds to be had. And you look at Russell, his his free throw percentage, uh, the highest he ever shot was 61%. He had a fifty-six percent career average, and he—how many seasons he played? Ten, eleven, twelve. He only shot over sixty uh, percent twice, but yet he gets so much run because they won in what uh, four or eight? How many teams were in the league then? Uh, eight. It was a—I think it was a nine-team league, but it, I'd have to look it up. I mean, at the end when he was winning, at the end by then it was going to sixteen and twenty teams. And and good for him. And at the end, uh, in 68-69, he averaged 9.9 points. Now, he still had the rebounding numbers, 19.3, and his career average rebounding is 22.5 boards a game. <laughs> so many rebounds to be had. And, and I'm not downgrading Bill Russell by any stretch. Never saw him play, but obviously everybody who did said he was incredible. And way to go. He clearly was incredible. I love that quote he had. I've said it many times. He got so lucky. Everywhere he went, they won. And, and obviously he was being satirical because saying, well, I, I'm the reason why they won. Yeah, and I don't have any problem with that. I mean, gosh, in, in uh uh, 61 in the playoffs. He averaged 29.9 rebounds a game. <laughs> Just staggering numbers. In fact, every year in the playoffs, I'm looking at this, every year in the playoffs, he never, from 57 to 69, he never averaged less than 20 boards a game. <laughs> so if, make, a, make a big deal if somebody goes for 20-20 now. Yep. But if Rudy's going to get more credit, then there needs to be more postseason wins. Uh, you've said it a million times, and it's true. The majority of your NBA rep is built in the postseason. There is some rep in the regular season, and we were talking yesterday, Carmelo Anthony's a top-ten scorer. He'll probably go to the Hall of Fame. and He will go to the Hall of Fame for the regular season. He will not go for the playoffs. He's never been to the—he's never won a championship and been to the finals. As the best player on a team, he led Denver to one conference final. Okay. So he's not going. Now, Gobert— Hasn't been to a conference final. He's been to the second round a couple times. 
there's going to have to be playoff success if he's going to build the rep anymore. I think he's ridden a dominant, defensive, regular-to-season rep as far as you can. And he's, he's ridden it to something. If you're the two-time defensive player of the year and you've been All-NBA three times and you still got, I don't know, at least five, maybe ten more years left in the league, I mean, you're doing something right and you're getting some recognition. But if you're hitting ten threes or throwing, you know, flying through the lane and throwing down a bunch of dunks, you're going to get a lot more recognition than if your team turns the ball over, it's a two-on-two break, and you basically look at guys and they pass the ball or back up. We know the possession we're talking about, Monday night against the Spurs. And three different guys handled the ball, and they finally shot like a 15- or 17-foot jumper and made it. But they wanted, nobody wanted any part of going to the rim. So he's having a huge impact. And people aren't going to talk about that. They're going to talk about Westbrook's triple-doubles, or they're going to talk about the big three in Brooklyn, you know, all scoring 20 or 30 points in a game. If If they ever all play in a game. MVP consideration is based on zero production in the playoffs. That is true. Yeah, on paper, theoretically. It's not. The rep from the previous year will carry over. Well, oh, years, I would say. Yeah. Well, Malone won the MVP in 97 and 99, but he didn't win it in 98. But he had a better year in 98 than 97. But because of the finals in 97 and Jordan winning, they weren't going to give it to Carl again. So the playoffs carried over that year, regardless yeah, of Carl's e- regular season numbers. I'm not even talking about winning it. I'm, I don't think he's in enough of a discussion. You ask 100 out of 100 people, or a thousand out of a thousand, or a million out of a million, yeah. who who would you take? The Yoke Man, Jokic, or Gobert? Every single one of them. Oh, well, Jokic, obviously, he scores more points, has more assists. He's just gonna, they're going to go right to that. So it's funny, we analytic like crazy, but yet we still hold on to this other stuff. Yep. That's been held on to forever. Moneyball is great for those who do it. But it's but not for the rest be, of us. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to impact the MVP vote that much. <laughs> yeah. And I think it should. I think he should be. I mean, the guy just does so much. And really, and, and this is something that you just could not know unless you've been around him to an extent. And I've only been around him one time when it was just he and I. One time. And he wasn't even a, a starter. You know, I think he was bouncing back and forth between the minor league and, and the jazz at the time. But in that one time, to be able to feel his passion and sense it, has blown away to the point of coming back to you the next day and saying, man, this kid, this guy's, this guy's, this guy, he's got such a drive here. And there's no way you can know that uh, now. I mean, he, he's likely to be known for, uh, what, igniting COVID in the league than he is for uh, winning and and you're absolutely right, man. If they go to the NBA Finals, and this boy, if they should win it, then he'd be showered with all this stuff. So I can't disagree with any of that. Well, that that moment will happen in the playoffs if they play enough playoff games, and everybody's watching the playoffs. Everybody isn't watching a random game on a Monday night 
when the Spurs decide that I don't want this layup. You want this layup? I don't want this layup. You take, you know. But if that happens in the playoffs at a key point, oh my gosh. Everything in the playoffs is magnified. It all gets dissected and talked about. And the deeper you are in the playoffs, where there's fewer games every day, you know, you do it in the first round, there's still four games in a day, and there's a lot of storylines. You do it in a conference final, there's only one game per day. And so that game is just picked apart and analyzed to no end. Yeah, that's all true. Uh, I wonder still if his value will be appreciated and we just go to scoring. Well, I think the I think you know the answer to that because you're just thinking MVP, but go back to when you're talking about Bill Russell. When people talk about <clears throat> the greatest NBA player and the GOAT, you know, there's people sticking up for LeBron who's you know, won four titles, and there's people saying, nah, it's still MJ, who's won six titles, and Bill Russell is sitting over there thinking, I won more championships than those guys combined. And I've heard him say it in interviews. He says, yeah, the league was smaller, but all the best players were in it. You know, as they expanded the league, they let more players in, but they're not letting in the best player in the world. The best player in the world is already in the league. Now, times have changed. The best players in the world are actually coming from all over the world. In that era, they came from the United States. Period. End of story. I think that it's more about uh, the fact that players had no freedom of movement whatsoever. So if you won in 61, you're probably going to return most of the same guys in 62. So there's never an opportunity to be a change. I mean, you look at these Celtic dudes and you look at their careers and they all say Boston, 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 Boston. (laughs) So I think that contributed to it. Also, but it takes zero away from what Bill Russell has accomplished. I mean, his accomplishments were legendary. And if Gobert, in terms of winning it and championships, can get anywhere near that, yeah, wow, it's amazing. And and, and things have changed dramatically. And I wonder in 100 years from now, uh, when there's teams all over the planet, Hmm. uh, if uh, people will uh, say, well, yeah, well, Jordan, I mean, he there was only 30 teams in the league then. <laughs> so <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> There'll be 30 teams in NBA Europe, 30 teams in NBA Asia, 30 teams in NBA North America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, sure. I mean, he played. When, when Jordan played, the only players in the league came from planet Earth. So, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All the Martians have more hops. <laughs> well, it's gravity. It's not fair. Well, th- there might be a time where people get on a ship and, and go to the new land. And, and... <laughs> the new land. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> you ever see Waterworld with Kevin Costner and Patrick Kinnan? I mean, Patrick Kincaid? <laughs> it was a bust. New land! <laughs> so... Who knows what? Smokers. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. What we got going on? But I just, I just really appreciate game after game. And he's one of these dudes too that uh, you know, you everybody likes the old school. Well, Stockton wouldn't have sat out with uh, a broken leg and uh, three, three broken clavicles, even though that's uh, one more than you can have. Uh, you know, there's no way those guys sit out. Uh, you think uh, Malone? Malone would have sat out with COVID. You got to be kidding yourself, <laughs> right? Uh, Gobert has that in him too. I don't, I don't think he's interested in sitting out. 
Uh, he's had some injuries that have shortened some seasons, but he's had some 81, 81, 82. We all remember him, you know, getting people falling into him, and then he misses 20 games a couple times. 20, yeah, 21 like year, 25 li- another. He's like an offensive lineman in that way. Getting rolled up on, yeah. Being, you know, with the legs being so long and all that stuff. He's only missed so, one game this year. And yeah, last year, set him out. last year he might have missed three or four. Uh and some of that was the bubble at the end. They sat guys for a game or two at the end. So, Yeah, so he's got that going on. There's a lot that he brings that go towards winning. And you can't compare him yet by any stretch to Bill Russell. But from what I gather, statistically, and what people say, Russell's impact went far beyond statistics. It went directly to being tied to winning. And I really believe that in the NBA, winning is where it's at. And Carmelo Anthony, sure, top 10, that's very impressive. And nobody really wants to bag on him because, you know, he had some emotional immaturity issues when he was coming into the league. But I don't think he's had any in a number of years, right? So he's coming off as a a decent dude. Uh, And so it's more of a, yeah, he's top 10, but just sort of whisper, yeah, but did his teams ever really win? And I just saw this morning now they're saying that Stotts is going to be uh, on the hot seat unless the Trailblazers make a big run. Because he's been there nine years, and so, you know, it's time to get on the merry-go-round. Uh, so, uh, he, point being that Carmelo probably ain't going to win anything in Portland either. As far as the Facebook responses, uh, there's it's <laughs> jazz fans are convinced that jazz players don't get uh, don't get enough pub. Um, so that does any jazz player? Jay says this has been the story forever. No, it hasn't been. No, Malone got two MVPs, and Stockton and Malone were on the dream team in '92, and they both right. got back on the Olympic team in '96. So there was when they were ton, much older. Yeah, yeah, there was a ton of individual recognition. I mean, making an Olympic team is a is a big deal, but it was a bigger deal then than it is now. That was fresh. Yes, I think Obviously that '92. Yes. I think that listener might be a little bit young if they're not remembering yeah. that. And and Boozer and D. Will both made. I was going to say team oh, wait. too. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. Kerr made the Turkish team, didn't he? <laughs> Thanks, PK. Yes. <laughs> Joe Ingles made the Australian team. Yeah, he's made it uh, multiple times. Mm-hmm. And go Boomers. Three hey. or four times, however many times they've had it since he's been basically eligible, I guess. Aaron says, I didn't know credit was necessary to playing basketball. Maybe he should call Siegfried and Jensen so he can get the credit he's entitled to. <laughs> you got to have an accident there. And Other, that's the great thing. Yeah. Gobert didn't get to where he is by accident. <laughs> you see how I tied that together? That was beautiful. Beautiful, <laughs> PK. Which is funny. We'll end with this. Um Jonathan, Jonathan and Justin going back and forth. It starts with Jonathan saying, no, he doesn't get the credit. Also, what is up with PK sounding like he just rolled out of bed every morning? Do better, exclamation point. We literally have no other options for local sports radio. And Justin goes back at him. Nope, he doesn't get the credit. And it sounds like PK doesn't either. PK, don't pay attention to this nonsense. Thanks for all you do for the sports community. Well, I'm me. 
So <laughs> I am going to be a lightning rod. And yes, I am simply known as the only option. <sighs> uh, roll out of bed. What are the at options? The, at the time I come back from uh, the gym. Roll out, about roll out of bed. Roll out of bed or uh, <clears throat> up all night. Wrapping up a late night. Uh, I rarely have a late night. We have to get up so early. But a lot of times here, I've I've been hitting the gym at five thirty. I I can I can have people testify to seeing me at the gym at five thirty a.m. Get the blood pumping. Well, it's time to get going, and we've been in this pattern now for freaking nineteen plus years. <laughs> <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst and former college coach, is going to join us. And also, two-part question of the day. We're doing our spring football tour. we got Michael Lev covering the Arizona Wildcats for the Arizona Daily Star. BYU plays Arizona in the season opener. Obviously, Utah plays Arizona annually in the, uh, in the Pac-12 South. So they're going to play two local teams here. Uh, also, nationally, we're seeing the preseason top 25s come out. Some mention Utah, but one high-profile one does not. Why not? And we'll get to that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Is Aaron Rodgers a draw for you? Uh, I like to watch Aaron Rodgers play the game. Oh, yes, I do. He's not intriguing to me at all. You know, the Hail Mary passes, he's an entertaining quarterback to watch. I will watch the Packers when they play. And yes, I am softening up to him because I'd like to see him in a Broncos game. This is what it's about. You're softening up Aaron Rodgers because if he does end up Denver, you don't want it to be like that buddy that tears apart this guy's ex-girlfriend or, you know, he's separated from his wife. Oh, she's horrible anyways. And then they get back together. It's like, oh, this is awkward. I want that marriage to be broken up and I want her to be in my house. Man. It's not a great way to say that. No, it's not. That didn't sound right. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. So the preseason top 25 polls, the post spring. Preseason, there'll be another one in the in the fall camps and all that. Uh, but national websites coming out with their preseason top twenty fives. And PK, you were perusing ESPN.com and their post spring preseason top twenty five. And what did you find to your shock and dismay? Yeah, I, the, the Utes were not in there. You know, I expected that they would be in there. I expected they would be in there ahead of uh, ASU, and I think they had ASU like 24, 25, somewhere in that vicinity. I have to double-check and click on it. You can do that. Uh, I know that SC, uh, Washington, and Oregon are going to be in there. I believe that those three will be in the regular, the whatever the, I guess it's AP, is that the official preseason top 25? Yeah, I think that's the yeah. one that gets the most run. And I think that they'll they, those teams will be in there. Washington returns virtually everyone. Uh, I mean, literally, they have so many returners, uh, starters I'm speaking of, and then obviously some reserves. 
and Jimmy Lake would be in his second season if you count last year as a season. Obviously, it wasn't a full season. So they look to be loaded. Oregon's Oregon. And SC, you know, they, they've got a lot of talent sprinkled throughout the roster. Uh, and it's an easy go-to option when you think of football out west is you just naturally are attracted to SC. And and the Devils have a bunch of guys. Uh, he, he, Herm, got guys to not go to the NFL or they could have just stopped playing, but they opted to stay. So they've got, particularly on defense, a lot of returners. And plus he's Herm. And there's not a soul on this planet who doesn't like Herm, right? Hmm. So he's going to draw some attention. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with all those. But I was surprised that the dreaded, the arch rival, Coastal Carolina was in there. Mm-hmm. And Utah wasn't. And Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, was in there, were in there. And the Utes weren't. So, Because I think the Utes are right there in the south. I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen uh, as far as who's going to win the North. But right now, anyway, and that obviously it's subject to substantial change, that the North team, when we get to the final, what's it in Vegas this year, is going to be favored again. So I think the North, top to bottom, is stronger. But... The South, I think the Utes are going to be right there. So I was surprised that they weren't picked. So I checked the uh, athletic top 25, and Stuart Mandel did there. So it's a it's one person responsible for this. I was stunned. He didn't have Washington in his preseason top 25. That surprised me a lot. He had Oregon at 10, but he didn't have Washington in there. And he didn't have USC in there, but he had Utah and ASU at 22 and 23. I think what's happening with Utah is, and this really goes back to the Rudy Gobert discussion, you look at Utah's offense, who do they have back as skill players? <clears throat> and basically you got a slot receiver who has been hurt on and off throughout his career and a tight end who looks pretty good. But you don't have wide receivers, you don't have a running back, you don't have a quarterback. Now you can argue that although they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback – because he's a transfer with all this high-end experience and some really good seasons at Baylor, that Utah ought to be marked up this year, not getting marked down for that. But I think people just look at Utah's offense, and if if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, then you put them in at 22. But if you look at the offense and think, I just don't see it, then you leave them out. So you... Have no respect for Solomon Enos, then, huh? Nope. I don't think nationally there's any respect for Solomon Enos. I think people who follow the program are desperately hoping that he, you know, uh, cashes in on all this potential that we think is there. Uh, there have been glimpses. There were certainly hype when he came, and there have been glimpses when he's been here. And now, you know, be the guy and, and go crazy. But a lot of these, and Coastal Carolina is an interesting thing you bring up. A lot of these, um, a lot of these teams. It's just going to be a, a very unusual year. Last year was a very unusual year, and now you're going to have teams where their first or second year players breaking out because it's, it's time for them to break out. But in some cases, we really didn't get to see them last year. If teams are only playing four, six, eight games, maybe they didn't really make the impact, and we didn't get to see it. But you've also got super seniors. So if you have a lot of good players, but they're not clearly NFL guys. You can have more returners than ever. Coastal Carolina is going to have 20 starters back. 
You know, it's not typically a team that's going to be sending five guys off to the NFL like BYU did or, you know, six or eight or ten like, you know, a lot of Power Five teams. You know, the better Power Five teams do. The better Power Five teams are getting hit by graduation or pro eligibility just like they normally are because Alabama's going to send ten guys to the NFL. But Coastal isn't going to do that. So these guys are going to, well, I'm going to play one more year of college football then. So I think a lot of these uh, group of five or even um, power five teams that don't have the rep, I think Iowa State has like 10 offensive starters back or something like that. So teams are going to be loaded in a way they haven't been loaded because you don't have the guys graduating who are out of college eligibility uh, but aren't NFL guys. Those guys, they got a bonus year of college eligibility. They're back. And I think that's going to that's gonna mess with the landscape a little bit. There's going to be a lot of 60 year guys we haven't seen in the past. Yeah, I don't know how many of those guys are out there, though. I'd have to double-check. I really have no idea how many guys, 60 year guys, decided to return. Here's one. Uh, Liberty is at 18th in this uh, uh, the athletic thing that Stuart Mandel did. A whopping 16 seniors from last year's breakout 10-1 team opted to use their free year. Well, okay, but I'm talking about in the Pac-12. I mm-hmm. understand those because they're not going to be the NFL, NFL guys. Right. But the thing about Utah, so uh, I'm not going to put them in the top 25 because they don't have a a breakout receiver. Well, they've never had it since they've yeah. been in the Pac-12, and they've been in but, the top 25. So why sure, would but I they have an NFL running one? back returning, you know, and they don't have that. I think it's they, accumulation. They, I, can argue have, they have the, I, I can argue they have the best record, quarterback they've had returning. Now, he's yep. not returning, but he's right. returning to play exactly. football. It's a, it's a weird deal with him. But I think also some teams that are borderline are getting pushed out of the top 25 because they're ranking the Louisianas and the Liberties and the Coastal Carolinas because they're bringing back 20 starters because they don't send guys to the NFL and all the seniors were given a bonus year. Okay, but the Utes are bringing back every starter themselves. Would right. you rather have every Ute starter coming back on defense or every one of Liberty's defensive starters coming back? Well, I'm just being a Utah. biased snob, we would <laughs> go with Utah. Utah, right? Uh, Utah, thank you. Where are we broadcasting? Utah. Yeah, yeah. But, but it is weird that some of these, like, how does Washington get left out of a top 25? I mean, didn't you find that surprising? I did. That they're not in? So, but they are putting these teams in that aren't normally in, and somebody's got to be squeezed out. So, turns out it was Washington. I'm not going to take it. Sweet, PK. Draw a line in the sand. I've already drawn three this morning. Excellent. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, will join us at 8.30. Michael Love covers the Arizona Wildcats. He's here at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.